Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how to build your network. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. When Sheffield is a career coach and host of the Power of You podcast. Welcome, Win. Thank you very much, Veronica. Win, so smart networking is the key to building our wealth. It's one of the keys, so that's why I wanted to talk about it. What's interesting about networking is that so many people feel like it's like this mysterious thing, but you say it, it's really all about relationships. There, there's not so much mystery in this. Well, we never like to take all the mystery out of everything, but. The fundamental truth about a network is that it is built on relationship. I think a lot of people, when they first get involved, think, ah, an easy way out. We'll do this networking thing and everything will be fine. But it really is about relationships, which is about building the relationship. Now, you said we have a thing called our primary network. What is that and how do we build it? Primary network, very simply, complicated word, simple fact. We know people. We know people professionally. We know people socially, and those are the people who, if we call them up and say our name, they'll go, oh, yeah, win. I've heard of him, and they'll talk to us. So, so that's our primary network. And those are our best contacts typically? or Well, some of the people in my primary network I probably haven't spoken to since I graduated from college. So there's a certain loyalty there, and I did know them, and they are in my network. There are other people in my network who, for instance, if I were an investor club, I might be talking to them once a month or once a quarter. I see. So then you also said we also have our secondary and affiliate networks. What are those? Secondary networks, the secondary is, is, is the most surprising because we always assume that, you know, our aunt in Omaha, who's always been in the knitting business, would have nothing to do with our Wall Street trading firm. However... You never know who is in someone else's network. So reaching out to someone else in your primary network who will talk to you because they're loyal to you and know you, they will put you in touch with people who are equally well fixed with them so that you can have a conversation with these people, which I call your secondary network, who you don't know, but your mutual contacts do. I see. So you're building your network by asking people for their contacts. How else can we build our network? So the other big component of our network is the affiliate network. I mentioned college friends before. There are some people who went to the same school we did or a member of the same professional organization or even the same LinkedIn group who will talk to us because of that shared affiliation. I see. Okay. So that's another way to build it, finding those commonalities, those common clubs, whether it's your church, whether it's your your gym. There's other places you can meet folks, and that can help build the amount of people you know. But it isn't so much an – is it a numbers game, or is it more of a quality versus quantity? How do you you look at this? I wish there were some magic way, again, that we could predict what's going to work out. Uh, I find professionally – There are people who I'm always interested to talk to, who are always reading articles that maybe I'm not, that I'd be interested in, or who are thinking about new ideas, and I want to keep up with them. 
they may or may not be turn out to be the people with the best contacts for me, but I might as well enjoy myself along the way. Indeed. So how can we get more out of our own network? Can you give us some more specific tips? So one of the things we want to do is keep in touch. So if we're, for instance, a person who reads articles or keeps up on social media and other people might not have time to for whatever reason or the inclination, we can send them a quick note. It says, hey, look at this. You may be interested in in responding to that professionally or what have you. Same thing can be done on a social basis. Whatever it is we share in common, we can send them articles that are of interest. Some people We'll send them an annual holiday card, and that will be about it. But having sent that card for maybe three or four years in a row, if in the fifth year we have a reason to call them up and ask them for something, there's a good chance they'll remember us and respond positively. I was going to ask you, how often should we be connecting to our network? There are going to be people who we're going to be in touch with, as I indicated earlier, all the time. Those are the people who we're happy to take out for lunch or have a drink with or enjoy coffee with. And there are others who, for maybe because they live in another town or for any other reason, we don't keep in touch with as often. So it really depends on who's around. And, and if you have a specific reason, obviously, you can cultivate specific people for that. If you really want to get good at this, how much time do you personally need to be putting into this every week, would you say, general guideline? So say you have a sales job where you're constantly sourcing new people. You need to be systematic about this and follow up on it on a daily basis in some way or another. If you're like me, I'm a career coach. I'm on my own. I enjoy keeping up with other people. I make a point of having a lunch or a coffee or a conversation with someone in my profession two or three times a month. And there are other professional organizations that I belong to, so I do get to see many more people for shorter periods of time, less frequently. And do you have an agenda when you're going to meet up with folks? Do you figure out ahead of time what, you, what are the, these things that I want to talk about? The things that I found most successful are the ones, are the topics that are interesting to me. Once you are an expert in the field or as you're becoming an expert in the field, there'll be topics that everybody's dealing with. How is automation affecting your industry, for instance? I see. When, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you about networking mistakes. ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Need to check in on Wall Street? Listen to Heard on the Street and stay one step ahead of the headlines only on WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. We're speaking with career coach Wynn Sheffield about networking. Wynn, give us some networking mistakes to avoid. Okay, so the stereotypical networker is somebody who's loud and has a huge pile of cards in their hands, and they hand them out as they come to you, looking over your shoulder for the next person that you're going, they're going to meet. Tacky. Tacky. And might appeal to somebody like that, but... To the rest of us, not so effective. Why is that? 
It is primarily because they've forgotten the first rule of networking, which is that networking is about the relationship. And when somebody's coming at you that strong, it's awful hard for most of us to take that in, and hence, there's no relationship. The other thing that you might think would undermine a relationship would be if you ask them for things. In fact, one of the great ways of building a, re a relationship is to have you ask them and them ask you for things along the way. That is where you get into the give and take and really build what's possible. One of the things that if you're beginning in your career, you tend to think of yourself as having is nothing. Right. Nothing to offer. If that's the case, you might want to think again. First of all, as a younger person, you are triggering some old memories for who you're speaking to. And that person really wants to see their past selves getting ahead in the world. And so they'll be looking for ways to, to help you if they can. The other thing is, again, if you've got more time than they do, if they're a busy high-end executive, they might not have time to keep their eye on what's going on in the press, especially some of the media that might be geared towards the younger generation. And yet, they might be interested. How about if you give them something that they could find useful for their profession? Helpful tips. Thank you so much for joining us, Wynn. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcasts at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.